And when we come to Albuquerque, New Mexico, is that there's always some motion going on up in there. You know what I'm saying? Always. So today I'm gonna ask you to do a little something, something for me. If you would, I want everybody just to just break your knees just a little bit, and I just want you to do this with me. Just go like this. Just... You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know? Okay. If, if you if you don't know how to dance, this can be your move tonight. All right? Uh, it's all you gotta do. Uh. Some of you guys got it. Some of you are just standing there and staring at me, sir. Come on, help me out. Come on. Very nice, very nice. Uh, uh, uh. Okay, some of you are off beat, but we gotta get back on. Come on, you gonna mess me up. All right, all right. Okay, now you got it. Now we're flowing, now we're moving. Now we're gonna do some dance music for you. Come on, boy. And we can sing Salvation and the joy it brings Got people yeah. Got people we can do this thing We can dance and we can sing Salvation and the joy it brings Got people Everybody Let's come together Let's come together We gotta lift him up in here We got to rise up and we got to call his His name everybody It don't matter whether If you do it all yeah, that's cool, but nothing like a new way, new play, I say. Got people gotta do this stuff. We can dance and we can say, hey, salvation and the joy of praying. Got people gotta do this thing. We can dance and we can sing. Salvation and the joy of praying. God is the food of the forgiven. Pray. This is the way that we are given into King. Come on, go with me. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're starting to feel me out there, I want you to put your hands up like that. You know what I'm saying? Now people gotta do this thing. We can dance and we can say hey. Salvation and the joy he brings. Hey. Now people gotta do this thing. We can dance and we can say Salvation and the joy he brings. So come on, horse section. Let him have it.
You know, tonight, you know, I know they're, re I know they're recording and, and uh, some of you guys are going to see your faces out there. And, uh, uh, and, uh, but I tell you what, tonight, I'm so excited to be back here. Uh, you guys have been so wonderful to us and we really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Good morning, Ascend Church. It is great to have you join with us this morning. And uh, I want to extend a very warm welcome to you all today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to extend a very warm welcome to uh, our, first of all, our church family, um, wherever you are, in your homes, in your bubble right now. Kate and I wish to extend a very warm welcome to you. Thank you so much for joining in today. And also those part of our family from around the country, uh, from Auckland, from um, different parts of New Zealand, from uh, Palmerston North from Whanganui, Whanganui, uh, wherever you're watching from today, I want to extend a very warm welcome. And also those that are watching from around the world, from Australia, we love you. Thank you so much for joining with us this morning um, from America, from United Arab Emirates, from the UK. Great to have you join us today. And uh, Pastor Dave here and... Uh, we are going to have a fantastic morning this morning. So one of the things we don't want to do right now is just to have you all vegetate on the screen. One of the things we want to do is we want to get you up onto your feet because we are going to sing this morning. I found a very simple song, a great song that we're going to sing together. Uh, it's got some groove into it. Many of you know the words. But wherever you are, just get up onto your feet right now. Get out of your bed. If you get off, you're sitting on your couch. Get off your couch. Just wherever you are, just get up onto your feet right now. You know, the Bible says... We come into his presence with thanksgiving. We come into his presence, we come into his presence with, with praise and into his courts with thanksgiving. So we're going to come into his presence today. We're going to sing. Uh, we don't have a band as such, but we are going to just, we've got a, a song here. So why don't we just stand and start to sing this morning. Clap your hands. Get a wee bit of a groove going on. Come and let's worship him this morning. Let's open up the eyes of our heart, Lord. Here we go. Come on. One, two, three, four. Come on. Let me hear you singing. Come on. Just turn that music up a little bit. Come on. Shining in the light of the glory. Pour out your power and love. Your power and love. As we sing, holy, holy, holy. As we sing, holy, holy, holy. Come on, don't look at me. Just look at the words. Sing along this morning. Come on, who's listening to you? We need to sing out loud this morning. Open up the eyes of my heart. Do you guys feel like singing a little bit with us? Is that all with you guys, everybody out there? Gentlemen, where are my gentlemen at? Let me see you out there, gentlemen. Yeah. Come on, fellas. Uh, Let's sing this morning. Okay. Everybody with a Rambo voice, I want you to sing this with me. You know what I'm saying? I want you to sing like this. Sing it like this. Open the eyes of my heart. Come on, man. Let me hear you sing. All across this country, all across the world oh. today. Open up the oh, eyes of my heart. Gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Open. Very nice. Oh, wonderful. Open, 
One more time, just a little bit loud. Let me hear you out there. Come on. Open. Oh, gentlemen, that sounds good. Ladies, where are my ladies at out there? Any ladies out there? Ladies, y'all always sing loud. God, I so love this song. Many of you know this song. Sing, sing this morning. Come on. Open up the you eyes of my heart. You. you got it? Oh, all right. I sing it. I want to see you. Oh, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I want to see you. Okay, good. You got to keep that up. Come on. Let's sing it. I want to see you. Oh, you're barely singing, ladies. Come on. Come on, get your family together and start singing this morning. Very nice. One more time. Open up the eyes of my heart. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. One more time. Uh, sing it. Oh, that sounds good, ladies. All right, gentlemen, are we ready to join in with them? Come on, gentlemen, sing it. Open the eyes of my heart, shout of praise today, wherever you are. Why don't you just clap your hands and give Jesus honor today. Come on. Let me hear you. No, just stand there looking at me. Just give Jesus a shout of praise. This is not just about me today. This is about you and, your, and the Lord. This is about lifting up the name of Jesus today. So Jesus, we lift you up today. Jesus, we lift you high above every circumstance. Jesus, we lift you high in our nation. Jesus, we exalt you in our hearts today. Jesus, we fix our attention upon you. Jesus, we fix our affections upon you. Jesus, today, Lord, we just forget about what's going on around us. We forget about who's uh, maybe watching us. But Jesus, we fix our eyes. We fix our heart. We fix our affection upon you today. Jesus, we declare that you are holy. Holy are you, Lord. Lord, we pray that today, Lord, that the whole earth would be filled with the knowledge of your glory today. Lord, that the whole earth would experience your goodness today. Lord, that your goodness would manifest in our lives today. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we thank you for your goodness. Jesus, we thank you that your, your spirit is alive inside of us today. Jesus, I thank you today for your Holy Spirit at work in our midst. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence in our midst, for your presence in our homes, 
for your presence in our hearts today. Jesus, we exalt your mighty name today. Jesus, we exalt you high above every circumstance. We exalt you high above every concern, every worry in our heart. Jesus, we give you all the praise and all the honor today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Come on, let me hear you say, all God's people said, Amen. All right. Hey, again, it is great to have you join us. And we just wanted to play some music. I just felt this morning. Um, sometimes it's easy, it's easy just to get caught in a rut and just look at somebody on a screen and, 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 and just not engage so much. So this morning we wanted to just bring in some praise and bring in maybe a little bit of worship at some point uh, and just keep that alive in our life. And I just miss it. I love coming together as the body of Christ. I love coming to the house of God. I love coming together. And, uh, and, and worshiping and praising and hanging out together, and so looking forward to doing that again. And, uh, and if you're overseas, come and join us sometime. It'd be great to have you join us. It'd be great to have you here. Hey, I've got a. Um, I have really been just over this time. Just love just spending time with the Lord. Um, just while I'm about out doing some things, um, I've also just been waiting on the Lord as well, and just to. Uh, I want to hear his voice. I want this time to be uh, a time where I come into a fresh encounter with the Lord. Where, uh, and I know this message has come out a, a number of times, but I don't want to come out of this place the same. I'm, I, I, I'm not going to. And I don't know about you, but you can either come out of, out of this out of the season the same. You may even come out of the season and gone backwards a step, but not me. We want us to come out of the season and move forward. I want my life to change. Uh, and, and, and so I want to just bring uh, something out to you this morning that I felt God uh, speak to me about. And uh, uh, if you've got your Bibles with you, let's just turn to the book of Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. And one of the things uh, we're, many of you would be aware of, we've just come after, uh, we've just finished Easter, uh, Easter Passover, and um, I don't know, Kate and I and our family, we celebrated Passover together. Just a beautiful experience, just talking to the kids about what it all means. And, uh, and so this, the context of this message uh, sits at the same time uh, Jesus and his disciples were celebrating Passover. And uh, there's, there's kind of quite a bit in it, but I'm just going to open up just one part of it for you. But it's important that we understand the context in which, uh, in which this conversation and, which, and what's going on here. So Jesus has got his disciples together. They've celebrated the, the Passover. Uh, they still don't even... I mean, they've had some great experiences. Obviously, they've been walking with Jesus for a long time. They have uh, been plucked out of basically obscurity and, and in their relationship with Jesus. They've now become the talk of the town. Their, their Facebook pages have gone wild. Their uh, Instagram followers are probably hitting in the thousands and things like that. So they are just on top of the world. Yeah, they've gone through some challenges, but they have seen and gone through some amazing experiences. They've had, they've been uh, listening to Jesus, giving the most amazing messages. Uh, they've seen uh, great miracles. They've seen great prophecies. They've seen and heard Jesus call people's names out. Oh, just incredible things. But they still haven't quite got the gist of what the kingdom is all about yet. They still haven't quite got the gist of what Jesus is all about and what he's about to do. And... Um, so they had the, they've had the supper, and then it starts off in, in verse 24. Uh, and now a great a dispute, 
a dispute arose among the disciples, listen to this, as to which of them was going to be regarded as the greatest. And I don't know about you, but I can, I can, that dispute essentially still goes on today. I mean, uh, I've just got to, I've got to wonder what these guys are talking about. And I think if they were here today, if they were here and living in our age, you might have conversations going, have you seen how many followers, how many Facebook likes I've got, how many Instagram followers? Man, my page is full. I can't take any more followers. I can't take any more friends. In fact, guys, I have now got to the stage where I've got to create a public page when people can follow me because I've just got so many. I've got so many people want to be my friend. And uh, you might even you might have another one saying, "Look, um, look at my post I put up. Look at all the likes I've got onto my post. I mean, look how many people have sh shared this post." And, so you talk about, I must be the greatest. And so you can see, one of the things I can see today is this, is that even in the Christian world, there is still a, uh, this, it's almost like an unspoken competition that goes on in many places. Who's going to be the greatest? I mean, people say, you know, all sorts of things, but there's always a jostling for who's going to be the greatest or who's going to be the perceived greatest. And um, we and look, Look, I've even done that myself. So, uh, you know, trying to do things, trying to say things to, to, to impress people and whatnot. And so here's this, con this conversation that's going on. And, and Jesus is fully aware of what these guys are posting on their Facebook pages. So what they're talking about. Uh, he's completely aware. And so he, he understands what's going on, what's going on inside of their thinking. He's, he understands what's going on inside of their world. And so Jesus interrupts them. The Passion Translation says Jesus interrupts their conversation uh, and then starts to make, a, he makes a couple of statements. And the first one is this. Uh, so Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles have absolute power and lord it over them. And those who are in authority over them are called benefactors. The Passion Translation says this. He says, these people or the kings of the Gentiles are so obsessed with how other people see them. Ah. They're obsessed with how other people see them. So he's basically, he's, he's drawing a, a parallel line to, uh, you guys are wanting to be the greatest. Look, you're, like, you're no different from everyone else. All, everyone wants to be the greatest. Everyone is trying to create an impression. Everyone is trying to create followers. And he says they are obsessed with how others see them. In other words, uh, don't put any angry faces on my, on, my, uh, on my post. I got one the other day, but it doesn't really matter. He said, but they're obsessed with how others see them. But he says... This is not your calling. The Passion Translation says this. But this is not your calling. Your calling is not to be caught up with how people see you. He said, you will lead by a different model. The greatest one among you will live as the one called to serve others without honour. The greatest honour and authority is reserved for the one with the servant heart. Um, and... and the Amplified Version says this, but it is not to be this way with you. In other words, Jesus is making a, a quite a clear statement. He says, with the rest of the world being caught up with image, with the rest of the world being caught up with uh, honour and who's going to be the best and who's going to be famous and who's going to be the famous minister, who's going to be an apostle, who's going to be the, the greatest apostle, all these kind of things. He says, it's not to be so with you. This is the words of Jesus. It's not to be so with you. He said, on the contrary, the one who is the greatest among you must become like the youngest, with the least privilege, and the one who is the leader like the servant. For who is the greater? For who is the greater? The one who reclines at the table, or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? 
But I am among you as the one who serves. And so Jesus is making a contrast to a lot of people want to be seated at the table. A lot of people, um, look, I tell you now, I have been in ministry situations. I have been in, I don't know about you, but I have been in situations where there's perceived important people around and or, or, or important people turning up. And I've seen how people, I've even done it myself, so I know, I know this kind of behaviour. But it's kind of like, how can I get to the best seat? How can I get to the most important seat? How can I be sitting next to that person? How can I be famous? How can I, how can I be associated with that people? So a lot of the things about, essentially it's this. It's value by association. When people do that, it's, it's a typical marketing trip when, when, when a product has no uh, or little value of itself. The only way it can gain value is, is by connecting, uh, by its association with a, a, a value brand. And so one of the things you see is this, is that many Christians, even many, even many followers of Jesus today, actually the core of their heart, they're still uh, lacking in value, so we try and find our value by who we're associated with, trying to be the, trying to be the um, find a seat next to the right person. But Jesus is saying this. He said, but I am among you as one who serves. And then he goes on a little bit, and he goes on to verse 28. You are those who have remained and stood by me in my trials. Just as my father has granted me a kingdom, I grant you the privilege that you may eat and drink at my table in the kingdom. And you will sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Interesting, Jesus is talking about um, actually the kingdom that we serve. It's his kingdom. Uh, the table that we get to enjoy, it's his table. I want to encourage us. Let's not be so caught up with our own self-importance that actually everything that we do, it's about building his kingdom and the benefits come from him. But it's in the context of this conversation then I want to bring out the second second point that Jesus Jesus said, uh, and so so it's important to understand the conversation context and what's happening. So this this next uh, verse that Jesus says, uh, what he speaks, is not another. It's not a verse that's uh, spoken in a separate time. It is part of the same conversation, and so because it's part of the same conversation, it is related directly to what. The disciples were just talking about about who would be the greatest, and so interesting. Um, he makes this statement, and one of the things that's important to, to see is when you read when, when we read scripture, when we read, uh, I mean, we're just reading a text right now. But I want you to uh, part of opening up the scriptures is, is being able to look at the tone of of voice. You can read tone in text. You can read you can read the tone, and so what Jesus starts to say here is he changes his tone of voice. So at, at one point, they're, they're reclining at the table. The, there's guys having a discussion about, how, how, uh, about who's going to be the greatest. And then right in the middle of it, Jesus talks about servanthood. And then he lifts up, he changes his conversation. He, he changes the tone of his voice and how directly he speaks. And interesting, look at this. It says in verse, in verse 31, Simon, Simon, listen. Satan has demanded permission to sift all of you like grain. But I have prayed especially for you, Peter, that your faith and your confidence in me will not fail. And you, once you have turned back to me again, 
strengthen and support your brothers. And then Peter goes on to say, Lord, Lord, I'm ready to go to you both to prison and to death. So first of all, I want to I bring to your attention the way Jesus speaks. And interesting, he says, Simon, Simon. Whenever Jesus uses, uh, uh, whenever the word is used twice, you can see, obviously you can see, Simon, Simon, listen. And there's an exclamation mark there. In other words, Jesus is really trying to get our attention. He's really trying to get Peter's attention. First of all, I believe this. One, it's most likely that Peter was part of the conversation about who was going to be the greatest. And so he must have been either the instigator of that or he must have been caught up that in a big way. And then right in the minute, Jesus speaks quite strongly. And one of the things you notice here is this. Notice he doesn't call him Peter. Notice he doesn't call him Peter. He calls him Simon. He calls him by his name that he was given to by birth. He, he, not the name that Jesus called him. So I, I'm not going to open up too much of that. But uh, instead of, of calling him Peter, which is the name that Jesus gave him, he called him Simon. The name he was... Uh, so interesting. There's there's a few different thoughts about, but he called him by. Here's a, here's another way of looking at it. I don't know about you, but uh, whenever either my mum or dad or uh, somebody wants to get your attention, what do they call you? Most of the time, it's this. You can know you know when somebody is serious. By when they call you by your full name, like uh, David Jonathan Connell, look at me, listen. You can tell the tone of your voice, and so Jesus is almost like using the tone of tone of voice that your mother would want to speak to you when you when she's trying to get your attention. So Jesus calls him out. He was like I said, possibly because he was caught up in the decision about in the discussion about being the greatest. So essentially, in the midst of all this, Jesus is giving them a reality check and wanted to speak something and wanted to nail something deep into their heart. And in the midst of the world that we live in today, with everyone, with many people just trying to make their name great, many people trying to uh, make a name for themselves, and especially in the social media world and who's popular and who's not and who's got the most likes and who's going to be the greatest and who's the apostle and who's the next apostle and who's... Look, in the midst of all that, in the midst of all this, Jesus himself makes quite a... He calls us by name. He, he, he tries to get our attention. And I believe this, that in this hour, and especially in these days, that Jesus is calling us, wanting to get our attention, because there's something important that he wants to put into and speak into our hearts. So, Because Christianity is not just about who's got the most followers on Facebook, Who's got the most page shares? Who's got the most likes or hearts or the least angry faces? And that's who's getting the invitations to speak. Who's up on the stage? Who's doing this? That's not what Christianity is about. And so Jesus is wanting to bring a, quite a reality check. He said, Simon, Simon, Satan has demanded permission to sift all of you like grain. But I have prayed for you, especially you, Peter, that your faith and your confidence in me may not fail. And you, once you have turned back again to me, to strengthen and support your brothers in the faith. In other words, I'm calling you to, uh, uh, to be strong in the faith 
And I know that you're going to turn away from me, but when you turn back again, because I know you're going to turn back, is this, that you strengthen or you become a, a, an encourager or you become a, essentially this, that you will become a builder of my kingdom. That you, that you be one that brings the body into maturity. So the, I want to talk about the, the idea of sifting this morning. Because he, say, because he says in the scripture, Satan has demanded to sift you like wheat. So when you think about sifting, there is two types of sifting. Well, then, there's one type of sifting, but there is a sifting that comes from the devil because he says here, Satan has demanded to sift you like wheat. So Satan, the devil, wants to sift us. But also one of the things we find in the scripture is that the Spirit of God also Sifts us, sifts us as well. He will come like a, 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 a like with a winnowing fan in his hand. So he, there's a sifting that takes place. There's a there's a, there's a God sifting, but there's also a, a demonic sifting. Uh, but nonetheless, it's a sifting. So what is sifting? A sifting is a shaking. So when you when they sifted something, what they would do is they would put it in a um, they would put the grain into a container into a uh, yeah basically into a container, and then they would start to shake it. They'd shake it up and down, they'd shake it from side to side. Essentially what they would do is they would agitate the grain. They would agitate the, the, what was put inside of there. I don't know about you, um, but there is an agitation that can come inside of our lives. Sometimes, in this particular case, he, he says uh, that Satan has demanded to sift you. So it talks a little bit about uh, the, the realms of, of, of Satan's authority and also the fact that God has control that Satan has to come to ask God for permission and God so Satan's in, Satan's a, um, intention behind the sifting of our lives is this so Satan's intent is to violently shake us to disturb you and upset you so that we would one I believe this that we would all just look like so what the process of sifting does this. It separates the chaff, the chaff from the wheat. Right? That, that's the whole process of shifting. So the intention behind Satan's um, desire to sift us is that, that our lives would be violently agitated, that our, our lives would be shaken to the point where, we become, where our life starts to fall apart. So his intention is to upset us and to disturb us so that, one, that we would all look like chaff, and two, that we would let go and fall away. And this is what happens when people, uh, this is what I find is this. You and I, and, but this is a, um, a metaphor that is being, being used here. So you're not, you, are, you and I are not actually going to go into a container and get shaken around. But one of the things you'll find is this, is that there, be, there become seasons of agitation in our life. And I don't know about you, but there comes times when there is, there's almost like our life is being shaken. Our life is being shaken this way, that way, upwards, downwards. It is being agitated. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but there can be an a feeling of agitation in my life. There can be a feeling of agitation in the world around me. I'm just agitated. Um, I can feel things. I can't always describe what, I'm, uh, what specifically I'm agitated about. But there's an agitation that happens. when our. Sometimes it's in our workplace. Sometimes... Uh, it's, in, it's in a ministry context. Sometimes it's in church. Sometimes it's interpersonal. Sometimes there's agitation that starts to happen interpersonally with, 
with you and the people around you. And, and, and this is where, and this is really what I want to speak into today. Um, the devil wants to agitate our life to the point where the things that are worthless come up and become prominent in our life. And the matters of the heart take a back seat. He also agitates our life so that people will draw away from each other. So the, the point of the, the intent of Satan's agitation is to break down unity. God brings people together. God has put you together with certain people. God has put you into a body. God has put you into a family. So the intent of Satan is this, is to agitate you to the point where not only do you start to draw away, but you fall away and, and let go completely. And I know people today, they, um, where they've experienced this type of agitation, and one of the things that they do is the first step is they just take a step backwards. They just take a step back. Oh, I'll just, um, and they can, it can be clouded in all sorts of a justification. But what happens is they just take a step back. And one of the things they notice, they just stop responding. They just stop, uh, stop engaging. They just stop being there. They just stop turning up. They just start to withdraw their voice. They just start to, you know, if you're caught into ministry, but you, there's agitation going on inside of your life, so you've just made a decision just to step back into something lesser. One of the things that you'll find is this. I want to, I want to implore to you, perhaps this agitation is, is an assignment against you to bring you out of what God has called you to do and to become. That is an assignment. Just because you're... Um, I won't get into that too more... But the intent is to upset you and to bring you back and to make you look like, make our lives just look completely like chaff. That we would let go and just fall away. Uh, that you would let go of your marriage, that you would let go of your prayer life, that you would let go of your connection, let go of in connection in church, you'd let go of serving, you'd let go of this. You'd just let go and just start to draw back. And I know there's people here today, you're, you're, you get agitated in your life. And then instead of making the decision to, instead of reflecting and saying, what's going on here? What are you trying to serve? What's happening in my life? You end up starting to draw back. And next thing you know, you can become completely disconnected. So that, my friend, is the strategy of the enemy. The strategy or the intent of, of, uh, of, of Satan is not just to upset you, but to bring you out of relationship and out of the flow of what God has for you. Interesting, this... Um, I bring before you this scripture, uh, or this line, comes from Genesis. What is intended for evil against us, God intends for my good. So even though there's a, uh, the devil can be agitating your life, the intent, God's intent behind that, is different from the intent of the devil. So the intent of the devil is to cause the, the, shaft, the chaff to come to the surface in your life, that which is worthless, uh, and to cause you to and upset you and disconnect. But the intent of God, in the same situation, the intent of God is to do something completely different into your life. God's intention is he allows the sifting and even does it through his Holy Spirit. But the intent behind it is not that you would be disconnected. The, the, his intent is not that you would draw back. But his intent is completely opposite. His intent is this, so that what has been 
on or in our life or around our heart to this particular, until this time. Now is the time has come is for it to be shaken off because we are about to enter a new season. The thing about the, the, the chaffing process is this. In order for the wheat to come into a place of maturity, in order for it to come into a place of its full value, there is something that needs to come off its life. That's what the chaff was, was there for. The chaff was around the wheat initially, the core wheat, to, to offer some kind of protection. But when it comes to a certain season or it comes to a certain time, what happens is no longer appropriate for that chaff to be around that in order for its for the wheat to come into maturity, there are things that have been around our life that act as a, as a protection or a, some sort of whatever for, for so long must come now off. And, so, and this is what Jesus is talking about. The fact that there is an agitation in your life somewhere is an indicator that there is a season about to, that God is wanting to shift the season inside of your life. The fact that there is an agitation, whether it comes uh, from uh, from the Holy Spirit or whether it's been a let the, uh, whether God has allowed the devil to come and bring some agitation inside of your life, it doesn't really matter. The point being is, if there is a agitation in your life somewhere, it is most likely the fact that God is wanting to bring you to a place where something needs to be removed off your life, off your heart, off your life so that what's in your heart can come into a place of maturity. So the difference between the devil's intent and God's intent is this. The devil's intent is that you would be disturbed and that you'd get to the point where you disconnect. God's intent is that you would come into a place of maturity, that you would come into a place of sonship. That is the whole point of, uh, of, 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 the, of the sifting in our life. And that is what Jesus was talking to his disciples about. He said, look, you guys have had some great experiences, but that's not what it's all about. What we're about to come into is into a whole new season that you have got no idea about, but you're about to learn. And you're about. And my prayer is that this, that your faith would be strong. So I want to encourage you, if you are facing a sense of agitation in your life somewhere, I believe this, God is wanting to bring you into a new season. And that new season is not about you drawing back from the people that God has placed you with. No, no, no. I'm entering a new season in my life. Come on, say it today. I'm entering into a new season in my life. Interesting this. Jesus' response to our sifting was this. It was not to make it all go away. I don't know about you, but if I'm in a place of agitation, uh, sometimes it's easy to get to a place where, oh, God, just rescue me from this evil boss. God, rescue me. God, break through. Do something, God. Come through and just, your God, just Jesus, save me, Jesus. Sort my marriage out, Jesus. Sort my health out. Sort this out. Sort my finances out. Maybe that's the wrong prayer to pray. Jesus never said that. Jesus said this. Interesting. In the midst of the sifting, in the midst of sorry, in the midst of what Jesus, what Jesus, just what Jesus said, he said Jesus' response was not to make it go away, but rather he prays for us that our faith would be strong. Interesting. That Jesus doesn't want the sifting to go away, even if it was demonically inspired. He's not praying for it to go away. <laughs> because the goal is this. The goal is that we will become into a place of maturity. 
The goal is that we will become builders of his kingdom, not our kingdom. The goal is that we would make him famous, not us famous. The goal is sonship. Sonship and builder, the, the, the word um, son means to be, uh, also means to be a builder, and it's also connected to the word maturity. So when somebody comes into maturity, they become a builder. They're also a son. So sonship, it's maturity. It's, it's, it's all connected. So God's intent in all of this is our maturity. So the prior conversation the disciples were having was mostly about themselves and who would be the greatest. It's essentially, that is a maturity. That is kingdom and maturity. And so when people get caught up in that, it doesn't matter how clever it looks. It doesn't matter how impressive it looks. It's spiritual immaturity. I can tell you, it's spiritual immaturity. So in the context of, of that, of who wants to be the greatest and who's going to be the most famous and who's going to be the next person up speaking, whatever, in the midst of all that, Jesus is saying, actually, not so to be amongst you. So Jesus is talking about spiritual maturity. And so... One of the things we so why does Jesus just pray for us? Why can't he just rebuke the devil and make it all go away? Because this, because spiritual maturity is not something that you can be taught. You can't learn it off YouTube. You can't get it from some spiritual sounding person. You can't receive it in a mystic or supernatural encounter. None of that will do it for you. They all help. They all create the environment. They all um, create a space for that to happen. But spiritual maturity has got nothing really to do with all of that. Because his disciples, Jesus' disciples, walked with Jesus. They heard him speak and teach directly. If it was about the best preaching, if it was about the best teaching, they all had it. If it was about seeing um, the most mystical or supernatural experiences... Well, they had it pretty good. But in the midst of all that, they still didn't get it, and Jesus was still speaking into their hearts, calling them into a place of maturity. So it's not something that you can be taught. You can't get it off Facebook. You can't get it off YouTube. You can't get it from this speaker. You can't get it from that speaker. You can't get it from this experience or that experience. It doesn't happen in any of those places. All they do is act as a... a, a I mean, they're all great, don't get me wrong, but they're there to help cultivate something inside of you. So if it could be taught, it would be easy, but you can't catch it. It comes from a decision that we have to make inside of our heart. So sifting, sifting is the process of the dismantling of chaff away from the wheat core. The wheat core is our heart. The chaff is sin. It is the content that is in and around our, it's the content that is around our heart it is anything other than Christ that we use to protect ourselves. Anything other than Christ that we use to protect ourselves. Sifting is a hard process. It's physically hard. It's a hard thing to go through, but it's a necessary process. And that's why Jesus called them to attention and said, listen, listen, guys. And I encourage you to listen here. It's a necessary process as the wheat has come to a certain point. The wheat has got to a certain point and the chaff is no long, can no longer stay in order for the wheat, in order for us to come into the next place, into the place of maturity that God has for us, that which we have built around and left around our life cannot stay anymore. There are things that we have built around our lives that have been 
that are one, uh, I believe, that we keep them as a sort of protection for our, because actually our heart is not whole. Our heart is not healed. So in order for wheat to come into its full maturity, or its full value, it must go through this process. And no deliverance prayers can work. No great teaching. No great... It's not going to... It just happens by making the decision in our heart to allow the Holy Spirit to strip off some things. Allow the agitation to go through. And in the midst of the agitation, ask the question, God, what is it that's around my life that you are trying to get my attention to bring off. So Satan's intent is to scatter the wheat and keep the chaff. So I want to encourage you today, uh, just in this, um, in this time that we have been going through, one of the things I have just been asking the Lord is, Lord, what is it around my heart? What is it in my life that I have used as a source of protection And it's been okay, I guess, to a certain point. But in order for me to walk fully into maturity, or to make the next step into maturity, that can no longer be a part of my life. That must be stripped off. That must be agitated off. And I want to tell you now, there are some things that I have been in my heart agitated about. There are some things that, that kind of bugged me, that, that annoyed me, that, that stirred things in my heart. And it's easy to make the decision. And I felt even myself at times making the decision, or, or even leaning to that decision, sorry, to wanting to withdraw because of the agitation. There are things that I have had around my life. They were good, but they're not going to help me in the next season. My question for you today is this. I wonder... I wonder what's going on in your life. I wonder what's going on in your heart. I wonder what God is trying to do. I wonder today, is there an agitation that's happening in your life right now? Is there a part of you that has disconnected and drawn back? What has been around our life that we have used for the, for the protection of our heart? Who am I serving? Who am I really serving? If I was to be really honest about it, who am I, what, what am I doing? Am I, am I trying to build my own kingdom here? Am I trying to make myself famous? Or what am I really, the actions that I'm doing around in my life, am I, am I in a place of serving the Lord? Or, or am I just trying to be the greatest somewhere? If I'm just trying to make, build my own kingdom. And so I've just been reflecting along this. And I can assure you, no, I, I, there's a, I'm not trying to build my own kingdom at all. My heart is to serve the Lord because I've been through. Now, I reckon this. I reckon we go through this process of shifting a number of times. Um, I've been through situations where uh, my life has been in absolute turmoil. But I hung on. I made a decision not to let go. I made a decision to not let go of relationships, to not let go of God, but to allow the things in my heart to surface, and so that they could be stripped off, so that it could be taken away. And I believe there are, there are still more things in my life. Uh, I believe there'd be people even here right now that you're, you're experiencing some sort of agitation, agitation or shaking in your life somewhere. It could be from the devil, 
It could be the work of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't really matter. The point being is this. How will we respond? How will we respond to the agitation? Will you make a decision to, to withdraw and to take a step back? I wonder what things that have been around your life, they don't need to be there anymore. I was looking at one thing, that, uh, there was one aspect of my life I was just considering the other day, and I asked the question, I had to ask myself the question, is this actually adding any value to my life? Does this, with this in my life, does it actually add any value to the world around me? Does it help me build God's kingdom in any way? If, if it wasn't there, would my life fall apart? No. And I want to encourage you today because there are things like alcohol, for example. There are some people here today watching. Actually, the issue of alcohol is a, it's a surface layer. The, the issue of gaming, the issue of just materialism around our world. They're often they are just they are surface layers of shaft around our life. And actually for God to bring you into the next season of maturity. It's not just about you speaking in front of people. It's not just about you being famous. It's not about ministry opportunities. No, it's not about that at all. It's about allowing God to take off and to be able to strip what's in our heart and to bring us into a place of maturity. And sometimes we fight and justify to keep these things out around our life. See, the goal of Satan is to make sure that these things that you're... Uh, that the wrong things take prominence in our life. But the heart of God is that these things are stripped away. These things are let go of. And that we come into a place of maturity. For some of you, there's a, I know there's people here, there's a great call of God upon your life. But inside of you, you've built things around your heart. You allow things around your heart to protect you. So some people, like on the surface of alcohols, people here today, Actually, you need to let go of alcohol. It's got no place in your future. Gaming. Some people, you've used gaming as a way to protect yourself or instead of facing the realities of your marriage, instead of facing the realities of, of your world, instead of facing what God wants to address in your heart, just bury yourself in gaming. For some people, we get caught up in the accolades or the positions of, of ministry. Some people try and control our world, trying to control the outcomes. For some people, the way that they protect themselves is, is to have, it's just a detach from the life. To, it's easier, it's much easier to spend your life, your ministry life on Facebook than it is to actually allow God to, uh, to work inside of your heart and, and, and to serve people. Oh, I want to encourage us today. I really do. I just, I've just been really feeling on my heart that um, there's an agitation going on. But the point behind it is this. The point behind it is that that which is on our life and doesn't need to be there is stripped off. And we can fight it all we like. But the intent of God is this, that he brings us into maturity. And I want to encourage those, especially those that are in our church, especially our leaders. You know, when I, I speak into you, when your pastor speaks into you, it's not about criticizing you or anything like that. No, no, no. It's, it's this. It's because we see what's in your heart, but we see what's around you. And sometimes when you become, we can become so familiar with what's around us 
that actually we need Jesus to say, hey, 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 let me speak to something in your heart. Sometimes we need, a, a, we need our attention caught. And I want to encourage us. Don't withdraw. Don't make a decision start to let go. If you're feeling agitated, maybe it's the work of the Holy Spirit. I can assure you now, the Holy Spirit is working in there. Whether it's intended for evil, doesn't really matter. The point is God intends it for our good. The question is, how will we respond to the agitation? Are there things around our life today that actually are no longer fit for our life? They need to just fall off. And God uses an agitation process for that to surface. I don't know about you, but I can feel it in my own heart today. God wants us to come into a place of maturity. But there are some things they can't remain on my life. There are some relationships can't remain on my life. Why? Because they're not adding, they're not building into me the kingdom value. Actually, I need to focus on the relationships that God has placed around my life. What are the material things? What are the things that are my heart attached to that are just, actually, they just point to the fact that I'm insecure in my heart. And so I need all of these things to protect my heart. <laughs> you don't need that. Actually, anything, anything that you turn to other than Christ to protect yourself is chaff. So what you could do is open up your heart and allow Jesus Christ to come and touch you. I bless you today. We want to just, um, I'd love you just to close your eyes and just to bow your heads right now. Heavenly Father, I just pray. I thank you for your people. I thank you for your sons and daughters. Father, we thank you for your ministry. We thank you for the ministry of your Holy Spirit in our life today. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that even though there's agitation in our hearts, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're working in there, that you wanted to bring healing, that you wanted to bring us into a place of maturity, that you want to bring us into a place of sonship. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that your, your ministry is stripping off the things in our life, the things that are around our life that don't need to be there anymore. Lord, I pray today for those that have experienced agitation. I pray for those who have experienced shaking and turmoil in their life. I pray for those that are going through it right now. I pray, Lord Jesus, Jesus, even as you prayed that Peter, his faith would be strong. Lord Jesus, I pray that the faith of your sons and daughters would be strong. Lord, even though they make you a little bit wobbly, I pray, Lord, that their heart would remain committed to you. I pray, Lord, that their heart would not wander away. I pray, Lord, that they wouldn't disconnect and just walk away. I pray, Lord, that their faith would be made strong, but they would turn, they would come closer. And they would come into a place, they would come into the fullness of all that you have for them. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would give us the faith to prevail. Give us the faith, I pray today. I thank you even right now that you are interceding for us on our behalf. That our faith would be strong. That we wouldn't let go, that we would push in, even in the midst of agitation. Even in the midst of sifting, Lord. Lord, shake off stuff around us that doesn't need to be there anymore. Heal our hearts, I pray, O Lord bring us into a place of maturity. Lord, I bless your people today. I bless them, Father, with your love. I bless them with your presence in Jesus' name. I'd love for you. We want to just receive up our tithes and offerings to, right now. And uh, we want to pray today that God's blessing be poured out over our lives. As we give, we want to give with a heart of gratitude. We want to give a, with a heart of faith that he knows our needs, that he has already gone into our future that he's already prepared the way. And if our heart will just remain faithful and trusted to him, he will open the doors.
He will open the doors. So as we, give, as we prepare to receive the tithes and offerings today, I want to pray that today that the peace of God would abide in your heart, that the peace of God would rule in your life, that innovation would, innovation would arise, that the goodness would overflow out of your life. I want to pray that God will protect you and that God will bring you into a great new season of fulfillment and maturity. I bless you today. We love you so much. And don't forget just to take some time to reflect on what really is being agitated in your life right now. And um, one of the things was this. I was just reminded when I was doing my study, we had to make uh, observations about our experiences. And so we'd have an experience, we'd watch something, or then we'd have to reflect on how that experience surface stuff in our life essentially and I remember having to write um, a whole bunch of stuff and I want to encourage you today sometimes it takes a bit of time of reflecting to to consider what's going on inside of your heart consider what's going on around your heart and sometimes it takes in fact a lot of the times I've found this is that it just get a very still prompting of the Holy Spirit David you don't need this around your life David, you don't need to be doing this. You don't need to have that. Actually, you're secure enough in me. You don't need to look to that. You don't need to look to them. You don't need to look to this. You don't need that in your life. Well, it was okay for a season, but not in the season that you have for. Ask yourself the question, well, where am I withdrawing? Where, am I where have I taken a step back from relationship? Now, I'd encourage you, if you've taken a step back, Take a step closer, come back in. Use the time to allow the Lord to surface these things. Bring them to the surface in your life. That's what agitation, that's what sifting does. It brings it to the surface. And when it comes to the surface, let it go. I bless you today. And don't forget, tomorrow night we have Pastor Trent Membry going to be sharing his testimony. You are going to love it. And we're going to have a fantastic week. We've got Pastor Michael Nicholas also on Wednesday night. And looking forward to seeing you again. I really do love you, Kate, and I miss you. We're praying for you. We pray that your faith would be strong in this hour. God bless you.